everyone, I'm Gabrielle Santiago and welcome to Living Revelations Podcast. We're here to help you find God real in everyday life. We will be talking about how to hear from God, how to have a relationship with Him, and what it looks like to walk into your God-given purpose as you do life with God. I want to invite you to take life a step at a time closer to Christ with us. This is Finding God Real in Everyday Life. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. So today we will be sharing on our second session from our previous Discover Your Purpose conference. We had Lonnie Elizabeth share on the topic of perseverance and being willing to pursue our God-given purpose. So she shared just an amazing message that is filled with fire and just believing that you will be encouraged by this. And we also want to invite you, if you missed out on the conference, you're still welcome to join our Discover Your Purpose Facebook group where we plan to continue the conversation of what it looks like to discover your purpose. And this group is going to be able to give you the opportunity to connect with like-minded people who are also in the pursuit of their God-given purpose. So just for $5, you can purchase a downloadable workbook that will permit you to our Facebook group. And you can purchase that at livingrevelations.com in our shop page. I will also include the link below. So hope you're blessed with this message. Uh, praise the Lord. How's everybody doing? Good? Y'all look good, may I, may I just say. Y'all look good. Hallelujah. Um, so before I get into uh, uh, the word, I just want to give some um, background about who I am. I'm sure you're all wondering. Um, I came to know the Lord through fashion. And anytime that I mention that, people always lift up one eyebrow like, okay, how, 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 how'd that happen? And, um, and I'm going to explain a little bit of that um, right now. So in 2015... I was turning 21, and my birthday was coming up, and I was trying to figure out how to celebrate. Um, I felt like I had kind of done everything already that 21-year-olds typically would do, so it's like, how can I truly celebrate and do something new? But then at the same time, I also felt like I was far away from God, and therefore knew that if I were to put together a party or something, I would be kind of faking it. Um, so I was in my bedroom, in my house, saying, you know, God, my parents serve you faithfully, and I know you're real because I see how they live for you, and they're authentic, um, but I admit that I haven't made an effort to get to know you for myself. Um, but I truly believe that you did create us, but I want to know where in this big picture, this globe, where do I fit into your big picture? Because I just kind of feel really insignificant. I just feel like another one amongst the crowd. And I kid you not, right then and there, I had my very first sincere encounter with the Lord where he revealed my purpose to me. And the way he did it was like so. He put a mental picture in my mind um, of me uh, styling a bunch of girls and um, giving them makeovers and um, then displaying it before my church and family uh, community. And when God showed me this picture, I was like, wow, that sounds really, really cool, but how, how is this going to happen? I don't have those type of resources. I'm no stylist. I'm no designer. But then a memory flashed back to my mind at that moment of a year prior when I was in um, college. My background is in theater, um, which is why I'm very theatric. Um, it's in theater and entertainment, and so I acted, sing, dance, all of that for, for years to the point where I pursued it in higher education. And the conservatory that I went to, auditioned for, and I, and I got in, there was one class that I took that I hated, and it was costuming. 
because I felt like, listen, I'm meant to be on the stage, right? Other people are supposed to be doing this for me. This class is not necessary. It's an extra credit, blah, blah, blah. And so I give the teacher a hard time. I give her a hard time. I came in sassy, left sassier. Um, and, um, but for our final project, if I wanted to you know, pass and get to the next, the next level, um, we had to um, design a, a costume based on a designer that's already well known, but make it based on a play that we were studying at the moment within the, the theater college. So we were doing some weird, obscure Shakespeare play, and um, we had to design costumes for it. And so the designer that I got was a woman by the name of Vivian Westwood. Vivian Westwood is known to be very kooky, very Lady Gaga-ish with her designs, um, and she likes to use a lot of plaid. So um, naturally, I waited till the very last minute to do this project. Um, and so the night before, I remembered, oh wait, oh my god, I have a final due tomorrow. Um, so I, I find some paper and some crayons, and I start you know, working on it. And as I began working on it, I found myself enjoying the process. I got so into it that I started Googling even more, and I went to, to like my, my closet and pulled down curtains and cut out fabric, and I made accessories, and I made hats, and I made shoes, the whole nine. I designed costumes for the entire cast of the play. Wow. And I was only supposed to do the two characters, but I did the whole cast. And before I know it, I look out of my window, it's already morning time, so I pack my stuff up, put it in a nice folder, and I head back out um, to class. We're doing presentations. The, the teacher calls me last intentionally because she just had a feeling that I would just uh, not try and make an effort. So she got through the other students before she got to me. But when I went up to present, I found myself having such a good time while I was sharing my presentation. And at the end of it, she says in front of the whole class, she's like, listen, you gave me the hardest time. <laughs> and I was not looking forward to seeing you at all today. I was just so ready to fail you. <laughs> She's like, but this is the best presentation that I have seen in all the years that I have worked at this university. Wow. Super wow. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that was very surprising. Um, but after that, I kind of left it alone. You know, I, I, she, she gave me extra credit A's and everything that I had failed or not turned in before. She overlooked it and allowed me to pass on into the next uh, semester of that, that program. So praise the Lord. So now, fast forward a year later, I'm about to turn 21, and I'm thinking about, oh man, I'm not qualified to put together this fashion project, and God puts that memory back in my mind. And I'm like, oh wait, I guess I do kind of have like a knack for fashion, it just, you know, it's undeveloped and un undiscovered. So I, I, I run out and I tell my parents and my sister about it, I'm like, God gave me this vision, and, and this is what I want to do, but I don't know how to do it. I explain it to them, and they're like, all right, let's make it happen. And so God began to open doors for us to be able to do it. He allowed me to walk around my university campus, and he would lead me to the specific people that I would go to to ask them to be a part of the project, whether they were saved, unsaved, didn't matter. I just said, hey, do you love fashion? Are you religious? If you're not, it's fine. Um, but I would love for you to be a part of this project. And so God was telling me that through doing this project, through making these girls over, he gave me 21 girls. Yeah. 21 girls to do it and he said I want you while you're going through this process of doing their makeup and taking these, these pictures of them letting them know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and I didn't realize that that was even in the scriptures right? because I wasn't particularly close to God at the time but I went for it and I did it and throughout that process God began to reveal himself to me and I understood more and more what my true purpose was was to continue you know, creating environments like that where women realize their true beauty right from the person who facilitated and fashioned them and designed them. So that's kind of where it all began, right? So then after the actual party and event happened, it was a success to God be the glory. And um, I realized that I cannot, after the high of that event happening, I cannot 
just kind of sit down on it. I wanted to keep doing it, you know, but how? I had no other excuses. I was already 21, but I'm going to do another one for 22. 22 girls, all right, let's go. Um, I, I had to figure out a way to make it, you know, a, a good, scalable, and repetitive process, but I didn't realize that I couldn't do that without the Holy Spirit to guide me, right? I had to take the extra steps of receiving the Lord into my heart sincerely, right, and walking out a converted life. Because my issue was, after that project had happened, then I was doing the thing where I was showing up at church on Sunday, all fully dressed, you know, hallelujah, praising God's name, but throughout the week, the whole Christian thing kind of went, you know, in the back seat. Um, and that's how the Lord gave me the name of the ministry, not just Sunday, right? Because serving the Lord is not a just only a Sunday thing, it's a lifestyle, right? It's, it's a lifestyle that needs to be implemented daily. So I'm like, how can I understand what you mean by that better, God? And so Jesus is like, what's something you do every day? I breathe, I eat, I sleep. And he's like, nah, what's something you do every day and you enjoy? And I was like, oh, getting dressed, right? I love getting dressed, clearly. Um, and so he's like, <laughs> so he's like, okay, so imagine what would happen if you would put me on every morning, right? And carry my word, right? And wear my word and represent me everywhere that you go. Think of the confidence that you Right? Think of the fulfillment that you would feel pursuing me every single day because you know that you're clothed in me. There will be no room for insecurity, right? You will never feel like a loser because you know that through me you are victorious, right? You always know that you're a con conqueror. So imagine if I'm wearing that type of confidence every single day. And I was like, huh. So I began to do it, actually. And I have seen a profound spiritual growth <laughs> in my own life, and I realized that I cannot keep this message to myself. And that's how the ministry, not just Sunday, was formed. To teach other people through fashion about how, listen, you gotta wear the Lord every single day. You have to, in order to be able to survive in this life, right? How would you be able to see attacks from the enemy coming from a mile away if you're not already clothed in his garment, right? So there's so much in the scripture that backs everything that I'm saying up, and I wanna go into it, but I just needed to give you guys that background so you understand, right? Where I'm coming from with this. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. And if you have your digital Bibles, that works too. Hallelujah. Um, so Jesus is Jesus is a model. Okay, we have our own perception of what modeling means, but Jesus had to explain to me what a true model really was. Right. A model is somebody that does something that people want to imitate and follow, right? A model establishes the standard for beauty, right? For perfection and for style. But the true models of this earth should be believers. Why? Because our job is to model the kingdom, okay? And people won't know how to also live out the kingdom if they don't have anyone else to follow, right? Which is what models do. So Jesus is the first example of a model, right? He is our model for carrying out purpose. But... There's something very interesting that happened in John chapter 2. And we're going to go ahead and go from verses 1 through 5. So Jesus turns to his own mother and he's like, listen, what does your concern have to do with me? My time has not yet come, you know? Because Jesus knew that once he started, right, he had to see it all the way through. Right? He knew what he would have to do for us on the cross. So he felt like the sooner you know, he waited to start, then the, the longer it would take for him to actually have to get to that point. And sometimes we delay in the same way. But Jesus does it anyway. If you continue to study the story, he goes ahead and he transforms the water into wine. 
And in verse 11 of the same chapter says, this was the beginning of signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and it manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Each of us are called to manifest God's glory, but just in a specific field or in a certain capacity. So it's just a matter of when are we willing to put down our own personal agenda and be willing to pick up the agenda of Christ, amen, and fully walk in our purpose. And it's funny that it ends by saying that his disciples believed in him. There are people waiting to be discipled by you, right? There are people that are waiting to learn what it truly means to believe and to follow Jesus via you and your lifestyle and your testimony and your obedience. Fast forward, um, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. I'll go ahead and, and read my version. And this is Jesus again, but with a different perspective. It says, uh, when Jesus had come down from the mountain, a great multitude of people were following him. And behold, a leper comes and worships him, saying, Lord, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And so Jesus puts out his hand and he touches him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So instead of going through this whole process of saying, oh, you leper, what does your concern have to do with me? No, he says, you know what? I am willing. I've accepted my purpose. I've understood my call, and I am in the process of walking in it, so why not? I am a teacher, I am a healer, I am a sanctifier, and soon come a redeemer. So I am willing, so by all means, be cleansed. In the natural, yes, but in the spirit as well. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, you don't have to turn there, but it says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. We can't just stop at being willing. But we got to be obedient to God's word as well. Oftentimes people try to walk in their purpose and completely ignore what the word of God has has to say. No, the Holy Spirit is more than a consultant, but he wants to be a guide. And he wants to walk alongside us in every single part of the process. So don't just be willing, but open the door in your heart to be obedient to God and his word as well. Because as you're walking through this journey of the discovery and realization of your purpose... He wants to be able to speak to you clearly and not have to fight through the noise to get to you. But that can happen unless you're maintaining a steady and sincere relationship with him. So that way when people come and they want whatever services it is that you have to offer, in whatever capacity it is, it's still ministry. And if somebody asks for your, your help or your services, you say, you know what, I am willing. Be cleansed. Amen? So now we're reaching the turning point. Luke chapter 9, 21 through 23. And Gabby mentioned this a little bit earlier, and I was like, well, oh, sisters in the spirit. She all within my sermon and stuff. Hallelujah. And this is where Jesus predicts his own death and resurrection, right? And this is after he's having this conversation with the disciples asking, who do you say that I am? You know, who do you say that I am? But he warns them and he commands them to not tell anybody just yet. And he explains, listen, the Son of Man must suffer many things. And be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed. Oh, and be raised the third day. Understand that for us, as believers, persecution will come for us too. Oftentimes along the journey, when things don't you know, come out the way we want them to initially, we get discouraged and we're like, oh God, why is this happening? God, why did you forsake me? God, why? And God's like, wait a second, wait a second. Jesus had to suffer as well. He had to suffer, and people judged him, condemned him, 
right? People that were in high places and even people in low places. But Jesus loved them all the same. So much that he continued to fulfill his purpose, even though he knew, <laughs> he knew that physical death would come. But he had to do that so that we can be alive in the spirit today. He was willing to make that sacrifice. So every single one of us that has a purpose, it is connected to something greater. And we have to be willing to, first of all, make a sacrifice, right? So that other souls can be saved through whatever service it is that we will offer. Verse 23, as Gabby mentioned earlier, says, So he tells them all, If anybody really desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So again, comes the name of the ministry in my spirit, not just Sunday. Because it's not just a Sunday thing. You've got every single day, you have another opportunity to be reborn again, <laughs> re-crucify that flesh, and say, All right, God, what is the assignment that you have for me today? What is my daily bread for the day? Because I know everything that I say and do, people are watching. People are watching, and I have an opportunity to win a soul for the kingdom of God through my conduct. So how can I honor you today, Lord? How can I wear your word today so I can be a blessing to your kingdom? In Matthew chapter 26, um, verses 40 and 41, <laughs> this makes me laugh. Jesus, this is when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He comes to his disciples and he finds them sleeping. This is after he had assigned them to watch and pray, right? <laughs> All right, guys, stay awake, watch and pray. But he comes and he finds them sleeping. And he says to Peter, right, the self-proclaimed star disciple, and he says, what, could you not watch with me, like, not even one hour? Listen, watch and pray, or else you'll enter into temptation. Because the spirit indeed is willing, but you see the flesh, the flesh is weak. So oftentimes, yeah, we're willing, we're gung-ho, we're enthusiastic about something, but then that flesh creeps in and it's like, listen, you're tired, you're old, you're not qualified, you're this, you're that, you're ugly. These are the things that I would receive in my spirit, right? Because entering into the fashion realm, it's all about appearances and, and trends and how you look and, <laughs> and who you're with. So it's very easy to look at that and think, wow, I'm not qualified enough. I don't look like a Kardashian, you know, or I, <laughs> I'm not in Hollywood yet, so who am I to say that I'm going to do this fashion thing, you know, for, for Jesus? And the flesh began to creep in for me. So even though this happened in 2015, God told me what my purpose was, it took me two, three years before I really got started because I let those voices get into my head. I was just like those disciples. I fell asleep on God, and I fell asleep on my call. For a long time, I was afraid to even mention that out loud. But thank God for what confession does. <laughs> it brings about an opportunity for healing because you're able to realize where it is that you messed up. So now we're moving on to where in Proverbs chapter 13 and 4, this is a conviction that the Lord gave me. He said, the soul of a lazy person desires but has nothing. But the soul of somebody who is diligent shall be made rich. <laughs> Praise God. Um, so diligence is meaning that you're steady, you're earnest, and you're making energetic effort to pursue something. And that was not a characteristic that I had. So here I was carrying the, the weight of this ministry that had amazing potential, right? But because I lacked diligence and I wasn't living out not just Sunday daily, right? I lost many opportunities, right, to win souls for his kingdom because I was losing my testimony because of my laziness. 
So I realized that there was deliverance in plate needed to happen. And so I went back before God and I said, God, please, if there is still an opportunity for me to serve you in this area, order my steps, redirect me, and help me to get back where I need to be. What do I do? So of course, he responds to me in scriptures, because God can't be separated from his word. Amen. And he takes me to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Verses 10 and 11. And he clarifies something to me. He says, therefore, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Because if you do that, you will never stumble. What? I'll never mess up. Because then an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this verse spoke to me very, very, very distinctly. Because a huge part of fashion is um, runway modeling, which is what I, I do. Um, and you can lose many opportunities as a model if you're known to be that model who fell on the, on the catwalk, on the runway. And the Lord confirmed to me that he called me to walk the runway of righteousness. <coughs> and his word also promises that if we believe and we trust in him, then we will not be made to stumble. So when I read this verse, God affirmed, reaffirmed my call and my purpose. I can represent him within my field of fashion. I am called to set the standard of what that looks like and what that even means. And if I depend on him completely, he will ensure that I don't stumble if I remain diligent. And not only that, but if I commit to spreading that message and that confidence that I have when I'm walking on the runway with shoes similar to these, to other people to other people right because nobody that has good news keeps it to themselves amen the last part still in second peter chapter one but starting from verse five it says for this very reason give all your diligence and make sure that you add to your faith and virtue which means moral excellence to virtue knowledge knowledge of the word to knowledge, self-control, contain yourself. <laughs> to self-control, perseverance. Amen? To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. God is love. Easy to say, not as easy to do. When the people you're supposed to love, sometimes they mess up. Continues, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there I was worried about, oh God, I don't know enough of your scriptures, or I don't, enough, I don't know enough about fashion and, and design. He's like, listen, 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 listen. You will never be unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord if you make sure that these characteristics follow you and describe you on a daily basis. And it continues to give us a warning. The person who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to the point of blindness, and has completely forgotten that they were cleansed from their old sins. Remember when I told you I went through that season of laziness, that plague? This gave me the confidence to know that this time when he cleansed me, I had the permission through Christ to walk in perfection from that point forward. Yeah. Progressive perfection, mind you, because perfection is something that is continual, continually being sharpened by his word. So, so long as I'm staying in his presence, so long as I'm staying and walking in this path of alignment of obedience in him, 
then I'm not going to be made to stumble. Yeah. And people can point fingers all they want, but they will find no fault, just like with Jesus. <laughs> right? And so they crucified perfection on the cross so that we can be blessed today and walk in this anointing today. And I said, you know what, God? I receive that call. I receive that commission because I believe that through you I can do all things because you will give me the strength to do it. You will give me the confidence to do it. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Because we, in verse 7 says, we brought nothing into this world and it is most certain that we can carry nothing out. So the focus is not about materialism and materialistic things as much as I appreciate them. <laughs> right? But it's about the spiritual things. What do I want to be wearing? What do I want to carry out with me? Oh, his word. Because I know that it is capable of keeping me, right? Building me up, growing me, correcting me. And if I can use fashion to relay and illustrate that message to others, why not? Why not? Some people are visual learners, and they need to see to believe. And so Jesus tells me, well, then by all means, show them how to live out not just Sunday in their daily lives. So in order to truly be able to persevere, you have to carry that understanding of Christ, who he is, and how much he values you in your spirit. Because if not, you have nothing to look forward to. You have nothing to look forward to. Remember earlier we were talking about how Jesus knew he was going to suffer persecution and be led to the cross, but he ended with saying, but I know I'm going to rise on the third day. So he understood what there was to look forward to. So my challenge to you all this afternoon is, what do you have to look forward to? Are you willing? And if you are, are you willing to partner with the spirit of obedience? And upon that, are you willing to remain faithful and diligent to pursue the call upon you and persevere no matter what happens, no matter what anybody says, no matter if you can't see money, <laughs> whatever. Be faithful to it. Every day, not just Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and are blessed. Check out our blogs at livingrevelations.com and follow Living Revelations on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast to others if you've been blessed. See you all in the next podcast.